We are It's More Than Just a Chant. We are inspirational creators, difference makers, world changers, and we are one community. Join alums Jared and Ross as they uncover stories of Penn Staters and their unique professional and personal journeys. We are Penn State, and this is Lion Legacy. All right. Episode number 32 of Lion Legacy. Ross, we are in November. The school semester is over halfway done, yep. uh, I think, which is exciting probably for many of the students as they get closer to the end of the semester. We're still in the, the midst of football season, which is exciting. And one of the things I wanted to share with you and others today is we actually have a, a great partnership with a professor, a podcasting professor at Penn State. Who would have thought, right, when we were back in school, <laughs> there was definitely no class in podcasting just no. to show how things have changed over the years as it relates to, to classes and education. But we were in touch a few months ago and were sharing what we were doing on the podcast and thought, wouldn't it be cool if we did a collaboration with the class and the students have the opportunity to participate uh, in a real life podcast, they won't be on the podcast, certainly, but they're going to be helping from a producing standpoint. So they're going to be suggesting people that we should have on the podcast, giving us reasons why, writing the questions for us. So a little bit of a, a real world, real life example that we're trying to infuse in Penn State. And I think, you know, anytime we can help students and give back to the university in, in some way, certainly I know is important to both of us. So exciting and also appreciate Professor Katie O'Toole's willingness to to dive in with with two people around their labor of love. Yeah, very exciting. And, and thanks for sharing all that, Jared. I think when we started this, I will admit, I don't, I didn't know that there was a podcasting class. I'm glad that through the connections at the Belisario College of Communications that they were able to put you in touch with them. And uh, hey, if we, like you said, if we can give back and help the students and allow them the opportunity to get some real world experience, which is funny with our, our little project here that it's considered real world experience, but hey, why not? It's a nice informal way for them to get their hands dirty, as they say. There you go. Speaking about partners, though, we, we also have a, a great partner on this week's episode. Absolutely. So uh, as many of our loyal listeners will know, we often speak about in our Lions Den section, which is brought to you by Lions Pride. And so we were fortunate enough to actually have the owner of Lions Pride and his right-hand woman, that's Steve Moyer, the owner, and Danielle Stemple, the right-hand woman, on as our guests. Both of them, of course, are Penn State alums. Steve talks about the history of the store. It's a family business, how Danielle came on board, everything from how they've managed over the last year to how they handle all of the purchasing and inventory. We get into logos, we get into licensing, and Jared and I nerd out about that stuff, and I, we thought it was really cool, and we hope that you do too. Covered a lot. It was great to have them on, especially as a partner of the show, and, and it was just kind of nice to get behind the scenes of one of the staples, as I see it, of College Avenue in, in Lions Pride and the uh, great business that they do. So with that, let's grab our apparel, and we're going to speak with uh, Steve and Danielle from Lions Pride. All 
right, let's welcome Steve Moyer, 1992 graduate with a degree in business management, and Danielle Stemple, a 2008 graduate in elementary and kindergarten education. Steve is the managing partner and owner of Lions Pride, and Danielle is his right-hand woman. I think she does it all, Ross, marketing communications director, assistant manager, and buyer of Lions Pride. We love having you guys as a partner of Lion Legacy and are excited to learn more about you and Lion's Pride. I must say, Ross and I have always been big fans going all the way back to the early 2000s when we were at Penn State. I think the only thing that's changed is that now we could afford to buy more from you guys. Welcome to Lion Legacy and great to have you here. Thanks very much for joining us. It's certainly hard to count all of the apparel that, that I purchased from Lions Pride over the years. It's very exciting to, to speak to the, the two masterminds behind the shop. Let's jump right in. Imagine if we were doing this interview about a year ago. The COVID vaccine was not out yet. There were no fans in Beaver Stadium. A lot of the students were still doing virtual learning from home. It's certainly quite a different story. And you think about all of the small businesses out there, like yourself in State College, that rely so heavily on students being on campus and fans and alums coming back to visit. Tell us about the last year. What was it like and how did you get through it? The last year, it was difficult. It was very strange, of course, not having students on campus, not having fans at the stadium. And it, it was difficult, but at least they did have classes and at least they did have a football season and in athletic seasons, you know, throughout the year. Without that, it would have been far more difficult. We have a huge online customer base that we've developed. You know, we've been around online for 20 plus years. So we've developed a huge customer base that we were able to sell to, and they were more than happy to support us as a small business, locally owned uh, business by Penn Staters. So that was incredible. But boy, it's nice having students back on campus and fans in Beaver Stadium and in Rec Hall and in Pagula. It's, it's wonderful to have them all back. But it, it was a very difficult year, but we made it through. So Onward and upward. I love it. Has business returned to the, the normal pre-pandemic fall semester levels or... You're still feeling some of the effects of the pandemic. No, I think for the most part, our football weekend numbers have been on par with recent years. And you know, it all depends on what game is the big home game that year. Having night games, the Auburn night game was unexpected. So the night games are best for us, a store like ours. It's not the best starting time for all businesses in town, but for our business, it allows them to shop all day long get up to the game and start tailgating at two, three, four o'clock. And then we can close up the shop at six and run home and either go to the game or watch the game. Our sales are even if not better than some game, some years previously. And the, and that all started you know, from move-in weekend this year. I usually try to skip out of town, to be honest, on move-in weekend and, and not work. But we've been shorthanded o- over the last year, so I had to work. And that was fine. But move-in weekend, that was easily our, our biggest move-in weekend of all time was this fall. And I think it was just the excitement of everyone to be back at school and back on campus. And they wanted to load up with Penn State memorabilia to be ready for the year. Just to add on to that, 
the students last year that were freshmen, this is their first real year on campus. So it's almost like having two freshman classes <laughs> because they haven't experienced all that downtown has to offer yet and all that campus has to offer because there were, you know, so many restrictions in place, obviously, for good reason last year. So I think that in addition to seeing all of the incoming freshmen, it's been a lot of fun watching the sophomores explore campus and explore downtown and really become a part of the Penn State community. Absolutely. So we're going to shift a little bit. Steve, we're going to get into your background for a moment, and then Danielle will get into yours. So Steve, as the owner of Lions Pride, and you graduated from Penn State in 1992, but the store's been around since the 70s. So just give us a, a summary of of how the, the business got started and your involvement and how it's uh, evolved in the last uh, 30 years or so. Yeah, absolutely. So my mother and father, it's a family owned business, which I think we've said. So my mother and father, Gary and Judy Moyer started the company in 1976. In 1972, approximately, they had traveled down to Tennessee to watch Penn State play Tennessee in a football game. And we're inspired by the incredible amount of orange throughout the stadium. You know, this was 72, so they hadn't started the business. Around that same time, my sister was in Girl Scouts or Brownies, and they had done a screen printing exercise. And either my mother or father was at that event and, and kind of triggered the idea that we could open up a store, Penn State shop, print all of our own merchandise, and sell it in the store you know, control it, control what goes on the, the garments and, and how many we make and, and not have to deal with a uh, middleman, so to speak. So they, they you know, opened a, bought, got a space downtown. So ori originally we were in the animal kingdom on Allen Street. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Allen Street, but it's a tiny little shop. And from that shop, we grew over to where we are now. And since then we've expanded, but so the idea was to screen print our own merchandise. So, you know, we literally did it in the basement of the store. At that time in the seventies, there was no licensing with the university. So it was kind of like the wild, wild west where you could print anything you wanted, basically. Even back then there was Disney. We would print Disney with Penn State, all kinds of different things. So there was not licensing in the seventies. I know in 92, it was the creation of the athletic logo, the chipmunk or the oval logo. And that was with Fran Fisher and the athletic department. They wanted their own logo. So hence, that's why it's called the athletic logo. But early on, there was no licensing. Currently, there is, of course, licensing currently is 18% on hats. That's the highest. And back when it first started, it was 4% on uh garments wow I, I didn't realize the licensing business was that new for for penn state yeah it was, was in, it 72 it was, <laughs> no it was in it was in 1983 83 yeah and fran fisher actually played a large role the voice of penn state yeah. football played a large role in penn state contracting to get a licensing agreement so that they could make money off the mark and he wrote a really fabulous piece back in 2014 for our lions pride blog all about the licensing process and what a labor of love it was for him. And it's really interesting because at first, 
Penn State fans were absolutely outraged and appalled what is now known as the athletic logo. And it's become one of the most well-known symbols across the United States, just the, the chipmunk logo. But at the time it was really hated and people were not happy with him. They were not happy with the university. They didn't want that symbol to, to represent them as Penn Staters. So it's a very interesting story. Wow, how times have changed. Now I feel like we, we, we all love that logo. Now everybody's fighting to use that logo. That's the logo people want on everything. Exactly. Well, wow. well, okay, so hang on. So then pardon my ignorance, but pre the, what we call the chipmunk logo, most of the apparel, like what, what did most of the apparel look like? Was it one of the, I guess more of the, I don't know what you would call like the, almost like the Nittany line of the lion shrine, or was it more just like lettering or what was the kind of the most popular design, if you will? There's more lettering at that time and the lion shrine and versions of almost like a cartoon versions of, and it was just, oh, if you okay, had an sure. artist that, yep. that made something up to look like the shrine or to look like a cartoon lion, it was allowed. They realized they're leaving a lot of money on the table and they need to protect their brand. So, so Danielle, so, so tell us how you and you and Steve linked up. I know you graduated in, in 08 with a degree, as I mentioned in elementary and kindergarten education. How did you end up in the uh, retail route? So I actually started at Lions Pride as a sales associate in 2006 when I was a junior at Penn State, a sophomore going into my junior year. And I worked there my junior and senior year until I moved away for a brief period of time to do my student teaching. And then I graduated. And after I graduated, I was back visiting one weekend and Lions Pride had just expanded. And Steve mentioned that he might be hiring somebody for a managerial role. And I thought, oh my gosh, it would be so much fun to move back to State College and to start my life as a professional in Happy Valley. So I moved back and almost immediately, Steve offered me a bunch of great opportunities to become involved with different parts of managing the store including the buying and the marketing. And it happened to be sort of right around the time that social media became a thing and that it was taking off for businesses. And he trusted me to manage our Facebook page, which I helped grow from having 2,000 followers to almost 100,000. And he trusted me to, to open other social media business accounts. And pretty quickly, I learned that I had a passion for connecting with customers and fans, which eventually led me to pursuing my master's degree in marketing. And I just discovered I had this real passion for business. And I'm not just saying this because Steve's on here. I would say it even if he, he weren't here, but you couldn't find a nicer family or a nicer group of people to, to work with in State College. I truly believe that. And, and obviously he's really good at identifying talent because he identified you when you were a student. That is true. <laughs> so well done, Steve. I don't think he had the faith in me as a student that he does now. Though. <laughs> <laughs> You've come a long way. <laughs> That's great. That's Jared, great. He, Steve is the uh, James Franklin of retail recruiting. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. So true. So true. We have a, a, another great partnership with the Daily Collegian. And as you probably know, we have students submit questions to our guests. This question comes from Jake Brown, a senior business major. And it's for you, Steve. 
Beyond e-commerce and the ability to order online, what do you think has been the biggest change you've seen in the industry since you graduated in 1992? All right, beyond the internet, I think the biggest change for us and biggest struggle at times is dealing with uh, licensing. And I want to be careful how I say this, but I mean, it is their brand. It's the Penn State brand. And I understand there are restrictions that they want to put in place to protect the brand. And at, at times it, it ties our hands as far as getting creative with certain products. Something we see at another school that's you know really popular and selling well. We work closely with all of our sales reps and If one thing is working at one university, they're certainly going to spread the word and and let you know. You know, so at times it's difficult to get things approved that we know could sell. And we know the Penn State fan base would love to have it. For whatever reason, it just doesn't get approved. So can you just shed light? Because I'm interested. When you have an idea or you see something, do you guys then submit it to Penn State and the university and say, we'd like to do this. And then they come back with a, a yes or a no. What's that? Process yeah. Like? Yeah. Basically Penn State has a licensing department, but they don't manage every single piece of art, you know, that comes across the table. That's all handled by CLC. CLC was bought out. I think by Learfield. No. Yeah. Learfield. Yes. So it's CLC Learfield or Learfield CLC. It's a combination now of some kind, but ultimately, so it goes to them first and they have parameters set up by the university as to what to approve and what not to approve. And we then get an email back basically from our vendor saying, you know, it was denied. And and at that time, if we want to force the issue and there, there are people on the Penn State campus that we can then send it to. To let them know, hey, this has been doing really well at other schools. We'd like you to revisit it. And, and sometimes they, they certainly do. And once it gets in, in front of the eyes of a, somebody at the Penn State offices, you know, they, they may rethink it. Because ultimately it benefits us, it benefits them in, in royalty payments too. Excellent. And, and we have some other questions that we're going to get to that build on that, but we're gonna, we'll come back to that in, in a few minutes. Let's talk about competition for a moment. So there's a lot of competition out there as far as Penn State apparel, merchandise, especially from some of the larger entities, both in town and out of town. So I guess the, the question, two-part question, how does Lions Pride differentiate itself? And why should any consumer go to Lions Pride over some of the other retailers, especially those that might carry merchandise from uh, for other schools or maybe uh, professional teams or something, maybe an entity that's a bit more national? I know who you're talking about. we won't name names (laughs) no we won't they don't need to to hear it you know for years we've had competition on you know college ave let's say and there's always been five or six shops whether you're on college ave or up on campus in the hub or even just a block off campus wherever they may be so we've always had to differentiate ourselves from them and years ago you know, I'm bad with my years. They go by so quick now. But I say it was the late 90s. In order to differentiate ourselves from the others, we went upscale. We remodeled the store. We're not interested in dealing with the the inexpensive tees. We hear it all the time from customers. We're the expensive store. We're the 
the the the nice store we sell the nicest stuff in town and, and that's it's one quality, way quality right quality exactly yeah i pay for quality sometimes so the, the quality of the product was the, the biggest thing and then just for from day one it's our customer service you know we, i have people like danielle that have been with us how many years now danielle 15. i hate to yeah <laughs> 15 years <laughs> and you know i have others that have been 12 to 25 years We've always been known and try to pride ourselves on great customer service, taking care of the customer. Yeah, and some of the other, obviously we have our local competition. I like to think that we ship faster than anyone locally and even these big national guys that have come on the scene. We have a great selection of products. I would match our selection to any of the other shops in town as well as the big national guys. And the biggest thing, you know, for me, if if you want to talk to, you know, if you have a problem, you call the store, you talk to a manager, or you can talk to the owner. It's really only shops like ours, the small mom and pop uh, shops, more or less, that, that you get that level of service. I'm sure Danielle can add, too. Yeah, I was going to say in 2016, when we won the Big Ten Championship, we were receiving hundreds of orders each day leading up to December 20th. And we were able to get them, with the exception of maybe one or two, all delivered by Christmas. And I think that just really speaks to the work we put in. I know that there were some nights we were there until three or four in the morning shipping, and then we were back at 730 to get out more packages because it was a priority for us to make sure that everybody got their their gear by Christmas. Our shipping department really does an amazing job. And I want to give Karen, our shipping manager, credit. She really, she works very hard to make sure that everything's run in a really orderly fashion. And like Steve said, during a time when so many parts of our life are automated, people like being able to call a number and speak with a person when they have a question about something. And I know especially the larger national competition, you can't find a phone number to contact them. It's, it's nearly impossible. And I know that because we get returns. People accidentally send us their returns and then we have no way to, to send them to the appropriate place. People like being able to call us and they like being able to speak with somebody they know on the phone. And another thing is we stand behind every single purchase. So if you're not completely 100% happy with your purchase, we'll exchange it or we'll give you your money back. And then I think the other big thing that sets us apart is that all of our buyers are Penn State alumni and we're all extremely involved in the community. And so I think we have a really keen eye for what types of products are popular and what types of products are trending and what people want. We put thought into every single product that we sell, which is something I think that larger national retailers especially have a really hard time doing. So Daniel, give us a sneak peek behind the curtains. I've actually always been curious, how do you handle purchasing an inventory? I know you're one of the buyers. How do you know what levels and sizes to buy and what items going to be popular? So in our store, we have three separate buyers. Steve and I primarily are responsible for purchasing and sourcing apparel. And then we also have a gift buyer. And it's fun because we really all work together. We all value each other's opinions. So it, 
isn't uncommon for us to all sit in on each other's meetings and to, to provide feedback. I would say that out of all of the stores, typically we're fairly conservative with what we purchase. We don't like to have a ton of extra merchandise. And in situations like the ones we were put in last year, that really helped us because we had just enough to sell. So generally, we base our numbers off of the, the previous year's numbers. And we do that for nearly all of the products we sell. With some of the vendors we buy from, we're able to purchase as needed. And then for some vendors like Nike, for example, we buy a full year in advance. So we already saw the Nike line for 2022. And so we'll be planning that out in the next two weeks or so. So it can be really tricky because so much of our business is dependent on how and nobody likes to say this, but it's dependent on how the football team's performing. That drives a business like ours. So I think it is a surprise for people to hear that we have to, to place some of those orders a full year in advance. So they wonder why we run, run out of things. And it's because once you place your Nike order, you can't repurchase most of the products from that specific line. Yeah. And so with other vendors, there is more flexibility. Let's see. With the trends, it's really interesting because they come and go so quickly. What might be popular one year is completely out the next. So for example, I remember in 2011 and 2012, lacrosse pennies were all the rage and we sold thousands in like just a few months. It was insane. You couldn't keep them in stock. And then by 2013, they were completely obsolete. Nobody needed lacrosse pennies. So, you know, it is helpful for us because we are more of a, an alumni-based store. So we do try to stick with selling mostly classic merchandise while mixing a few fun items in here or there. But we try to keep most of our apparel classic. I want for somebody that's 16 to be able to walk in and find something they love. And I want for somebody that's 80 to be able to walk in and find something they love. We like to keep those core styles around too. So I'm curious to get your opinion, both of your opinions on the following. And this is the another item that Steve alluded to earlier. So we talked about the logo, right? And we had the, the older logo and then eventually the chipmunk as we know it. But as far as, you know, you think about universities nationally, right? The one, one of the schools that comes to mind, University of Oregon, and they're all of their Nike funding, so to speak. And they have every week they have a New Jersey and I've never been to Eugene, Oregon, but I can only imagine that the lion's pride of Eugene, Oregon, whatever your, that equivalent would be probably has a thousand different varieties of everything, different logos, different colors and all that. And you think about Penn state and most of, of, I imagine, you know, or what most of what you're selling is blue, white, and gray with the same few logos. I don't necessarily want to put you on the spot here, but which way would you rather have it? Would you rather have a simple, our traditional uh, set of logos and designs that we have? Or do you ever dream big and say, wow, I, if, if Penn State could have all these different alternate logos and colors and designs, that would be really cool. And I'm just curious which way, which side of the fence you fall on that. I, I think Danielle and I will have different answers. I love the athletic logo. I think it's simple and clean and recognizable. You know, we go to trade shows and the trade show booths are always showing you logos with you know, more than two colors. 
So the Kansas Jayhawk um, always comes to mind. And anytime I see it, I just personally, I love that logo. It's got three or four colors to it. It looks great on many different colored garments. So at times, yes, I would love to have a, a snazzier logo, but there's nothing better looking in my mind than the athletic logo. And the other buyers, I've been at it a little bit longer than they have. I don't know any more than they do necessarily, but I do know what sells and it's that athletic logo. At times I tell them, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And when you're debating what logo to put on, because there are different logos that we can choose in different formats, but for the most part, that thing just sells. Yeah, I, I, I think there's some really cool retro logos that I would love to see as part of the licensing sheet. That's probably selfish on my part, just because I think it would make my job a little bit more fun than it already is, because it is fun to see all of the other logos that the other schools have. That's a fun part about sitting through sales meetings is you see all of these cool designs that um, even some of the other Big Ten schools have. And unfortunately, our licensing department's just a little bit more classic with the look that they like to have for Penn State. But I do, I think that keeping it simple, keeping it classic is definitely something that people want. I think it's really hard too, because with the most of the clients that we serve, most of the customers that we serve, like I said, they're alumni and they like the simple block S, they like the simple lion head or the simple lion shrine logo. But with today's students, they all want to be unique and they want to have cool, trendy outfits. And so what I have found that's been really popular is they're sourcing all of their Penn State gear from thrift shops. And so they want these 80s, these wild 80s graphics that we're not allowed to do anymore. So I think it would be fun to have a little bit more leniency so that we could do a couple of pieces like that just to cater to our student population. But Unfortunately, I don't see the licensing department letting us go too crazy with some of those designs. Fashion always seems to come back, right? It, it does. Just, it always comes back. And that's something that I've noticed. There were some designs that were po popular probably 10 years ago when I started helping with the purchasing that are coming back around again. And recently we're seeing the some of our uh, vendors showing lacrosse pennies again. So it wouldn't surprise me if that became a trend in the next couple of years. And it is interesting what some of the looks that were popular from, we have catalogs dating back to the seventies. And there are times that I look through the catalogs to see if there are any designs that we could get through licensing, because I know that they're just retro and classic and cool. And that it's stuff people would like to see on our apparel. The other logo that people always ask for is the Posniak lion, which is the lion logo that the um, lion ambassadors wear. And unfortunately, the lion ambassadors and the Penn State Wrestling Club are the only two Penn State entities that are allowed to use that mark. I think that if we were allowed to, people would go crazy for it because that's a very beloved logo as well. Russ was a Lions ambassador. Well, Russ, you got to pull some strings there. Yeah, I got yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed when, um, I guess at some point they used to have the Posniak on the Pennsylvania license plates. Yeah. And then at some point in the last decade, I guess the, I, I don't know, I imagine it had to do with the 
some combination of the Alumni Association of the University and Pennsylvania DMV, and they changed it from the Posniak to the Shield logo. And I was, I'm preferential to the Posniak, of course. But yeah, no, I hear you. I'd love to have that that logo on on more items. So I'm with you on that, Danielle. Yeah, and anytime the licensing department comes to us and asks, what can we do for you? That's always my request. Please find a way <laughs> yeah. to get us the Posniak lion. Different year, same request. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so a bit of a hypothetical here. I want to get your, your perspective and advice. If Ross and I were to start a business in a college town, we certainly wouldn't be competitive with you guys. What's one thing we should know? Small business, college town. All right. I'll answer this question. So there's a small business opening in a college town on College Avenue, very close to our location. So the one thing that I've thought about recently was timing is everything. So this individual, this business, you know, has been trying to open its doors for the last eight to 10 months, I think. Now COVID, of course, has thrown a wrench into everything. But they've already missed the fall semester. Now they're going to open a business for the start of winter in Happy Valley. It's the worst possible time to open a business, I've got to believe. If you're going to open a business in Happy Valley, in State College, to cater to the students, fans, and alumni, you better do it late summer, very early fall. Yeah, to add on, I, I was going to say I would have a plan for how to survive January through August because as much as people hate to hear it, football drives the economy. And if you don't prepare for that for those other seven or eight months, then you're going to have a hard time surviving. And I imagine graduation weekend, which is obviously just one weekend in, in May, that's probably a big weekend for you guys. Is that right? That it's is. A, it's a great weekend. Obviously, in the spring, you've got the blue-white game in April and then in graduation. Those are the two big weekends in the spring leading into summer. And then Arts Festival is the other big weekend that we always look forward to, and hopefully there is an Arts Festival this year. And I will say that within the past five years, Penn State has done a really phenomenal job of getting people on campus during the summer months. They used to have new student orientation, which was one day. Parents and students would come in for one day, schedule all of their classes, and then leave. They didn't have any time to spend downtown. But now it is a two-day event, so they're expected to stay in town overnight to schedule their classes. And I believe that the parents now have more scheduled time to do their own thing, which means they all walk down to College Avenue and come into our shops, which is, that's been really great for our summer business too. So I think that while football is a, obviously a huge part of our business, I think that we now have a great hockey program. So that's bringing people in, in the winter and basketball and obviously blue, white and graduation. But I believe that there are a lot more events happening in the summer now too, which is great. Excellent. What's next for Lions Pride? What can we look forward to from the shop in the coming, you know, months or year or so? Ultimately, over the past year, we've just been trying to get through the year. 
um, you know, it's kind of last minute that everything was decided as far as whether or not there'd be a football season. So the past six months, we've really been chasing our tails, trying to get everything in place for the fall football season, get product in place. Six months ago, we still had product that wasn't on order because we didn't know if there'd be a football season or not. So we've been chasing our tail, so to speak, a little bit. We've also, in the last year, developed a new website. We've always had a website, but we switched to a Shopify. We're a Shopify website now, which allows us to do a lot more marketing within the site. So a lot of the stuff Danielle does works much better with the site. We've launched a loyalty program, LP Alliance Pride loyalty program online on the Shopify site. So we've been spending a lot of time developing the site and making it better. And I expect to you know, do more with that you know, over the next six months to really get it looking good. Fantastic. Yeah, we look forward to seeing it. If only we had the visuals of what that website probably looked like in the early 2000s and how it's evolved over time. We have the first, Steve has the first order form from the oh, first wow. sale ever hanging in his office, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, the first cool. customer. So a little side note, I was thinking about this the other day. So there was a, I forget the year when the internet and online sales were just becoming a thing. And I, I remember a salesperson from some business in Altoona coming into the store and pitching a website to us. And at the time, I thought the guy was nuts. <laughs> what yeah, do we need so, that for? It was so far out there. We've been talking a lot about Penn State. We're going to even talk more about Penn State, but specifically about your experiences there. We're going to put you in the lion's den, brought to you by you, Lions Pride, and reminisce about your time at Penn State. And just remember, when you want to show off your Penn State pride, visit lions-pride.com for the latest and greatest apparel and merchandise. All right, so the first question, this goes out to both of you, Steve and Danielle. How did your time as undergrad at Penn State prepare you for your career and professional lives? Go ahead, Danielle. Okay. You probably remember um, it better than I. <laughs> when I was a student at Penn State, I was extremely involved in several student organizations, including THON and Penn State Homecoming. And I feel that being a part of those organizations taught me the importance of being an active and engaged participant in my community. And those skills have definitely carried over into my career and my professional life. And I believe they've helped me, helped transform me into a, a good leader and a good communicator and a good salesperson. And a lot that I learned being part of those two organizations, I use those skills every day in the work that I do. So that's how my time at Penn State helped prepare me. It may not have necessarily been in the classroom, but I think it was equally important the organizations I was involved with. Steve? Yeah, and I was a business management major. This was prior to the business college being the Smeal business, business School or Smeal College of Business. So basically... <laughs> My grades weren't good enough to get into, to be a finance major, a marketing major, or an economics major. So I settled on management. I knew it would be good for the profession that I was, uh, at that time, I was pretty sure I wanted to join the family business. So of course, being a business management major, we took the finance classes, marketing, economics, and I you know, had a couple entrepreneur classes. And obviously I use a little bit from all of those classes every day of my professional life. 
it was a long time ago as, as a 92 grad. So it, it's just, it's great being on campus, working next to a college campus and being around the young people all the time. At times they can get on your nerves, but for the most part, it's, <laughs> it keeps you young. That's great. Toughest question of them all. Favorite Penn State memory? That one's easy for me. Oh, uh, Penn State memory of all time since graduation or during? How, however you want to answer it. All right. Mine was post-college. Uh, it was definitely the Big Ten football uh, championship of 2016 against Wisconsin. We had traveled out with a group of friends and went to the game. And I'm, I'm sure you remember that game. You know, We were behind at half and it didn't look good, but I'll never forget looking at the Jumbotron at halftime and seeing the Wisconsin fans and the looks on their faces. They were so sure that they were going to win that game. And sure enough, Penn State pulls it out in the end. And again, I look up at the Jumbotron, see those same Wisconsin fans. (laughs) So (laughs) discouraged. It was an outstanding day. And then Danielle spoke about earlier, it led to uh, a very busy month at the store selling Big Ten championship merchandise. Yeah, this is definitely a tough question because so much of my life involves Penn State in some way. My sister went to Penn State. My mom went to Penn State. My grandfather was a Penn State graduate. Since the time I was a baby, it was all Penn State, Penn State, much to my father's chagrin because he was a WVU grad. But my favorite Penn State football memory is Penn State beating Ohio State in 2016 because it was just so unexpected. And I have never been in such a loud stadium in my life. And that night I was sitting in the club level seats. And so the minute we won the game and the fans just started spilling over onto the field, it was just, that was such a magical night. It was really special and really cool. And then something else that just stuck out to me when I was thinking about this question, and it really isn't one specific memory, but just something that I really enjoyed doing I'm a runner, and so every football Friday of a home game, I like to run campus in the morning before it's light out and everything's nice and quiet. It's just, it feels like fall to me, and it's just something that I get to enjoy the quiet simplicity of campus, and it's just something that I think is really special about living in the area and something that's meaningful to me as a Penn Stater. Two great answers. I I also have to ask a question to Steve. When we had Joe Batista on, he spoke about playing hockey and that you guys have uh, the NHL, I think, the the Nittany Hockey League. Is that right? That's right. All right. And and how how are you on skates? I can hold my own. I don't have the experience that Joe Batista has. (laughs) (laughs) I played only a, a year or two growing up and then played a lot of roller hockey and then got into this Nittany hockey league, the NHL 25 years ago. So I've improved through the years where, where Joe has always been a really good player, obviously, and an outstanding coach and even better friend and individual. He's a great guy. Excellent. If you could visit with Steve and Danielle as 18 year old freshmen about to embark upon their Penn state journey, what advice would you share with yourself? This is interesting because, you know, I have a son that's a sophomore at Penn State, and he's far more studious than I was, but he probably isn't as involved with the student activities as he could be. So 
just finding a mix. Danielle was very involved, as she mentioned, but finding a blend, you need that, find that core group of friends to spend time with, and then obviously spend time on the reason you're there, the, the studies and, and get your degree, get good grades. And, you know, Penn State will obviously help you get a, a good job once you're done doing something you love. Yeah, I would say that there are a couple of pieces of advice I'd give myself. I think one would be to maybe study a little bit harder. I'm going to be honest. No, I had decent grades, but I think that they could have been better. But I, I was very involved in things and I had a lot of fun. And I would also tell my younger self that a lot of people are going to be jerks and to, you know, ignore the outside noise and listen to your gut and trust um, in yourself to do what's best for you. I know that since I've graduated, a lot of times people question why I didn't use my teaching degree and why I'm just working in retail. That's a comment I get a lot of times when people come into the store. And what these people don't know is that I feel like I use my teaching degree and my degree from Penn State all the time, not just not in a way that fits their narrative. Much of the creativity I bring to my daily jobs then stems from my experience in the School of Education. And then each semester, at least for the past few years, I've been asked to be a guest speaker in a marketing class at Penn State where I teach students about the different marketing paths that they can take. So I feel if younger Danielle knew that, it wouldn't have taken her so long to become her authentic self. Great answer. I like that. And we also don't want to don't want to forget how Lions Pride supports the university. We understand there's a scholarship. So if you can tell us about the scholarships that the store supports. Steve, do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about that? All right. So the scholarships, I think ultimately the scholarships are through the, the, the licensing. So the royalty payments that are paid to the university, not only from us, they're collected from, you know, the sales and business that we do, but it's collected from you know, all the Penn State vendors throughout the country that sell product. That money goes back uh, to the university and some of it, I'm not sure what percentage of it, goes towards uh, college scholarships for, for Penn State students. Yeah. And, and Go ahead, Danielle, about thong. Oh, oh, yeah. So I was just going to add on to that because I think one of the most important ways we give back to the university is through THON. Since 2009, last year, withstanding, we've donated over a quarter of a million dollars to THON as part of our four weeks for THON promotion. So each year we donate 20% of our store's total sales in store and online, the four weeks leading up to THON directly to THON. So as far as I'm aware, we're the single largest cash donor each year, which I think is pretty impressive. And it's something that we try to promote, but I don't think people understand that nearly every year we're giving anywhere between $25,000 and $40,000 to THON, which is something that I take a ton of pride in. And I know that Steve does too. Wow. That is fantastic. I wasn't aware of that. I'm glad you you guys brought that up. And I think it just speaks to you as a store, as a business, but also you as people. And we want to support, and I think all Penn State alums and fans should support businesses like yourself who give back to the university, who make the university better, 
who provide resources for students. So on behalf, I think, of all alumni and everyone that is part of the university, I just want to say thank you for all you do. And and also thank you for the support of Lion Legacy. We've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you and, and all the great work that you continue to do. So we wish you a lot of success. And we always end the podcast with, we are Penn State. Penn State. Lion Legacy is a Baruta production. If you enjoyed this Labor of Love podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it if you would subscribe and write us a review on your favorite podcast platform.